Evidence and Answers. Plato said, he who tells the stories rules society. The people telling the stories now are the movie directors. Should Christians watch these movies? If so, how do we intelligently engage the powerful ideas presented in the movies? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today's message was taught by Pat Zucran and was recorded at our recent Hawaii Apologetics Conference. This conference is hosted each year by Pat. Pat presents many renowned Christian apologists and international speakers, all experts in their field. This year's theme was Apologetics that connects. If you're unable to hear the entire study, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat with part one of his message entitled, Connecting with Hollywood, How to Watch a Movie. You know, Plato said this, those who tell the stories rule society. Well, who's telling the stories now? It's Hollywood. It's the movie producers. Movies with their powerful images and special effects communicate ideas, morals, and values very effectively. In fact, God created us and gave us the gift of creativity and of art. 70% of the Bible is story. God communicates most of his message through story. When God wanted to communicate to us who he is and his teachings, he didn't write a systematic theology paper. He told it to us through stories. The arts are a gift from God. They're a way to express our humanity, are an art form that communicate powerful ideas. And if we want to engage the ideas of the culture, movies are a great avenue to discover What are the ideas that are dominating culture? And to interact with the ideas that are presented in the movies. If we know apologetics, Christian worldview, we can engage with the ideas of the culture. We can engage with the ideas presented in the movies. That would make us much more interesting to the world around us. A lot of people see Christians as irrelevant or out of touch with the world well you may find it difficult with a teenager to talk about the four spiritual laws hey talk to it you say tell me what you thought of avatar think you'll get a discussion going you bet you would and they're powerful ideas which can give you avenues to share the gospel when it comes to the movies all right basically there are three attitudes that christians have had The first we call the anorexic. The attitude here is don't watch movies or TV. Hey, they're all evil. They're all non-Christian and worldly and they will corrupt you. Hey, they're all evil. All right? That's too simplistic of an approach. Not everything in Hollywood is evil. There are tremendous truths presented even by writers and producers. Who aren't believers in Christ. Hey, there are some movies out there that communicate some very powerful truths that are worth watching and interacting with. Media is a big influential part of our culture 
and we must interact with the ideas that are being presented there. Arts, that's part of the image of God that's been built in us. You look in the Old Testament, those who God assigned to build and design the temple, it says what? God gifted them in areas of the arts, in music, and in woodworking, and in crafting, and in design. It's part of the image of God in us. To reject the arts because they are flawed is to reject part of the image of God that has been created within us. So those who would completely withdraw from the culture because of its imperfection suffer a decreasing capacity to interact and have a redemptive kind of influence on the culture around us. Music is not evil, but it's a tool that can be used for great evil. Movies and the arts are not evil, but they can be used as a force for evil. Second, we have the glutton. The one who says, it's just entertainment. It won't affect me. He's undiscerning and naive. The third position is the one that I advocate here. Viewing with discernment. Finding a balance. Movies and the media present powerful ideas that reflect the ideas of our culture or influence the culture today. So as Christians, we must engage those ideas for Christ. When we do, you'll find that our message is much better received by the non-Christian world out there. Our message becomes relevant and more interesting and more meaningful. We're speaking to people right where they're at, addressing the issues and things they are thinking about. And movies provide the opportunities to discuss important ideas and opens avenues to share the gospel. How many times through movies like Star Wars and Avatar and The End of Days and The Day the Earth Stood Still and movies like that have been great opportunities for me to end up sharing the message of the gospel. You know, we took a group to watch Saving Private Ryan. Remember that movie? And in the movie Saving Private Ryan, these men... You know, two dozen men go out and risk their lives to find one man and bring him home to his mother. And pretty much all of them, except for maybe two, get killed in the whole process. And one of the things we talked about was, was it worth it? That nearly two dozen men died for the sake of this one man so he could go home with his mother. And then at the end, he's at the graveside of the captain who led the team to rescue him, who died in the whole process. He's in tears and he looks at his wife and he says, did I live a good life? Am I a good man? And the question is what? What is the good life? What does it mean to be a good man? Did he live a life that was worth the death of those two dozen men there? What does it mean to live the good life? Great conversation at Starbucks there around the table as we're discussing that kind of question. So that's my approach. I think that's the most balanced approach to view with discernment. And so... Christians need to be able to learn how to watch a movie and interact with the ideas that are being promoted there in the movie. Screenwriters, producers, they don't just say, hey, let's make some kind of movie that's going to make us money. They definitely have an idea, a 
message that they want to communicate to their audience. Now, here's some passages as Christians we have to remember in dealing with the media. We want to be careful on the things we think about. Paul writes in Philippians 4, whatever is pure and whatever is true, whatever is holy, those are the kind of things we want to ponder and be reflecting and thinking upon. Colossians 3.23 calls us to protect the mind. A lot of things that come in the mind, it's very difficult to get them out of the mind. And Hebrews 5.14 tells us to practice discernment. So there are some movies out there that are worth seeing because the ideas that they are presenting are worth engaging. And there are some that probably not worth buying a ticket and going seeing at all. You know, it's kind of slasher movies or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever. I really don't see any value in seeing those kind of movies. They're just out to thrill or excite in some crazy way and, you know, bring in money. I don't see any real good message coming out of movies like that. But there are others that are presenting a very powerful idea in a very creative way. Those are worth watching and engaging the ideas that are being presented. Now, when you watch a movie, the first thing we have to learn is how to discover the story. Writers don't just throw together something. They are trying to communicate a message through story. Now, the first thing we need to ask here is, what is the theme of the movie? This is the moral message. This is what the story is all about. The moral message that's being communicated here. Love is the greatest thing. Family is the most important thing. Choice is the most important thing, right? There's a moral message here that's being communicated. Second, we must identify the hero, the main character, who the story is all about. Third, identify the hero's goal. The hero has a goal that drives them to try and accomplish something significant in this movie to find the right love, to achieve freedom, and to raise enough money to support a failing school that's about to go under, whatever it may be. The hero usually has a goal. Next, you must identify the adversary. Identify the adversary. The adversary has a contrasting belief system which eventually leads to a clash of worldviews and of values with the hero of the story. Those are some of the basic elements in this discovering the story of the movie. Next, the hero usually has a character flaw. Not only the adversary, but the character flaw keeps the hero from attaining his goal. And whatever that flaw may be, he is immature and selfish and needs to overcome that. Or he doesn't care about people, only achieving his goal of making money. Or whatever it may be. The hero usually has some kind of character flaw that keeps them from attaining their goal. Maybe they're afraid of something and must overcome that fear. 
So in the beginning, the hero sees life in the wrong way, but by the end, he or she discovers the right way to think or to behave. This progression is what movie writers call the character arc, where the hero has a flaw and must somehow confront that flaw. If they change and overcome, that movie is a triumph. If they do not, it becomes a tragedy. Next, the hero faces an apparent defeat. Not only the hero cannot attain the goal due to the adversary and usually his own character flaw. All right, and there's some kind of apparent defeat there. He's defeated in battle, or what his investments crash, or the business he started crashes, or the girl he's pursuing turns him down. There's an apparent defeat there in the story. Then we have the final confrontation between the hero and the adversary. And this is where the adversary reveals often why he opposes the hero. And there's a final confrontation there where the hero must confront the adversary. This is where it is discovered, okay, the reason for the adversary's hostility. Here's where the difference in worldview and values is revealed. The adversary's worldview is the one that the storyteller does not want you to accept. And the hero's values and worldview, those are the values that the screenwriter wants you to accept. And then we have what's called the redemption message. This is the, also called the transformation story, and where the hero is transformed as a result of what he has gone through. So the redemption in a particular worldview or belief system is its proposal of how to fix what's wrong with us and the world around us. And the redemption includes values about the way people ought or ought not to live and behave in this world. Okay, so if the hero faces that final confrontation, he also faces his own character flaw. And if he changes, then the movie becomes a triumph. Hey, if the hero does not change, then the movie becomes a tragedy. All the movies follow this kind of storyline. Hey, if you think through all the movies, this is the storyline that's followed here. So this is the storyline in all the movies. You discover these elements in the movies and you will discover the story of the movie. Hey, you can begin to unpack it and understand the message that the writer is trying to give and then you know have a good critique of the movie it's great when you leave a movie and you're looking at your buddies saying how'd you like the movie you know and before you know we usually say well that's ah, okay uh, good special effects uh, that's about it right but once you understand how to unpack the elements of a movie you'll be able to say well I really don't agree with that author's theme or you know the redemption story was this I really don't think that's true to reality or I agreed with this part of the movie and the values that was presented there but this part no nah, I don't think so okay some questions to ask 
What worldview is the story built on? What worldview is it built on? Naturalism, pantheism, theism. Is the theme and the redemption message true? Why or why not? Is it realistic? Those are some key questions to ask after you unpack the elements and discover the story. What are some common themes we see through in the movies today? Well, you know, one of the dominant worldviews is naturalism, right? Naturalism, what is the worldview of naturalism or atheism? The universe is all that there is. One of the common themes you'll find through every movie is what? The good life without God. That's a common theme. It's a wonderful life. What is the good life? Doing good for others and eventually comes back to you. I mean, there's an angel there, but there's really no reference to the creator and his purpose and mission for creating the universe and creating each one of us. Stuff like uh, Saving Private Ryan. We never get the answer, really, right? What is the good life? So that's often one of the themes you'll find throughout many of these movies. Second, the worldview of pantheism. The universe is one. God is the universe, and the universe is God. And we're all a part of God. God is not a person. He's an impersonal force made up of everything in the universe. Right? And in the end, we all are absorbed into the impersonal one. Okay? Or pantheism. Okay? We see that in movies like Star Wars and Avatar and cartoons, right? Like Pocahontas. By the way, Pocahontas, if you watch that Disney cartoon, right? She's a nature worshiper, right? An animist. It's kind of got a new age twist. Well, if you study the history of Pocahontas, what? She became a believer in Christ and became a great missionary to her people. Right? But in the movie, she's kind of a nature worshiping pantheist or animist in the Disney movie there. Syncretism. All religions are one. And in fact, many times in the movies, religion often is the problem. One of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. Who was the evil guy? Who was the adversary? Oh, it was the warden. What was the warden? He's supposedly a devout believer in Christ, quoting the Bible all the time, right? Yet he was evil in the way he exploited his people, the way he used them to make money and mistreated them. So often we see religion as the problem. The Truman Show, there's another one where religion is the problem. Existentialism, the meaning of our existence without God. And postmodernism, are no absolutes. Reality cannot be known. Classic one there is movies like what? The Matrix, right? The great question posed to Neil, what is reality? You think that's reality? What is reality? And that's the question we're asking ourselves. Is reality in here or is it out here? Do we discover truth? Do we create it? What is it? Okay? Those are some common themes you find there in the movies. All right. Let's critique some of the movies here. This one, Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Okay? How many saw Avatar? All right. All right. One of the biggest money-making movies in history. 
of the movies. I don't know, has someone surpassed it? Star Wars did? Oh, wow. Avatar, let's, let's critique this movie together here. What's the theme of Avatar? The blue people, no. <laughs> there are more than that. What's the theme of Avatar? Well, you didn't see it. Oh, yeah, you need to go see it, man. What? Environmentalism. There you go. That's the theme of Avatar. Environmentalism. Okay, tell us why is that the theme? Okay, right. The Navi live on this planet and it's the Garden of Eden. Right? It's the Garden of Eden. And we're asking ourselves, wow, how did they get the Garden of Eden? And deep down, what are we saying? How can we get that? How can we get that back? How can we get it? Okay, now the bad guys in that movie are who? Yeah, the humans, because... Yeah, they destroy the environment. Okay, they're just after money. Okay, and the minerals that are there and exploit the environment. And so the reason we have the environmental crisis today is, you know, because of our attitude towards the environment. So what's the message there? You want Eden? You gotta have the worldview and the values of who? The Navi, not humans. The Navi, the Navi got it right. Humans got it wrong, all right? And the humans are coming in to destroy the environment, the pristine Garden of Eden that the Navi have, all right? Now, who's the hero there in Avatar? Oh yeah, that guy. His name is Jake Sully. He's a paraplegic, a former Marine. His brother dies, and his brother was to incarnate into the Navi so they can penetrate into the Navi and get the Navi away from their sacred tree that has this valuable ore that the humans want. Hey, unfortunately, that tree is the center of the energy of Ewa, the one, okay? the impersonal force of the universe, the force, the energy is concentrated in that tree there that they all kind of worship around, all right? Now, what's the hero's goal in the movie? Oh, not at the beginning. What's his goal? He's paraplegic. His goal is to walk again. And they say, you help us, you help us get that ore. You'll walk again. Okay, and that's his goal. So his goal is to be able to walk again. Now, who is the adversary in Avatar? Yeah, the humans, okay? Humans are the adversary. Specifically, I think it's the colonel who leads the attack on the planet there, Navi. They want to exploit the planet Okay? They care very little for the natives and care even less about the environment. Okay? And the thing that Jake begins to, as he begins to discover the Navi and live with them, as he incarnates and becomes one of them, one of the things he discovers is what? You destroy the environment, you destroy the Navi. And what's the message to us? Same thing. All right? But the humans, too late. Humans already done it. The character has a flaw. Jake has a flaw. What is his flaw? Selfish motives. Okay, what else? He's got the wrong worldview. He doesn't know Ewa. 
and the one, the force, the one of the universe. He doesn't know the worldview of pantheism. He doesn't know Ewa. All right. All he knows is the human worldview. All right. Environment doesn't matter. All that matters is money, finances, getting to the minerals. Okay. That's all that counts. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, State Farm Agent Sue Ann Liu, for all of your insurance needs, home, auto, or life. Contact Sue Ann Liu at sueannliu.com or call. That number in Hawaii is area code 808-567-6116. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.